This is Amstigator, a podcast founded on purpose, but focused on the path to get there. Experience is the best teacher, right? And in this season of Amstigator, we're going all in on female perspective of women and wisdom as we answer one specific question. What's the lesson here? You'll hear from my best girlfriends and favorite female collaborators as we share deeply about what we're here to learn and teach as we guide other women to purpose. Oh my gosh, you guys. Welcome back to Amstigator. It's been two months since I released my last episode. I mean, I think about that. Like, that's two months since I recorded. (laughs) Two months since I sent an Amstigator email. Two months since everything. If you were listening, I took my creative winter. It was amazing, actually. Much needed. And now I've kind of primed the pump. And I'm ready to get uh, get going again, really. So I'm glad you're here with me. I am still feeling my What's the Lesson vibes, and I'm going to keep releasing episodes within that as long as I'm on that train. So just so you know, we're still in season three, and we're talking about lessons. I always knew that February 15th was going to be the day that I would restart season three, specifically the mid-season relaunch. It's because February 15th is the anniversary of Amstigator. On this day, one year ago, I released all 13 episodes from season one all at once. That was the hour-long video episodes on YouTube, the hour-long audio episodes, all the promotional content, everything. I was just like, blah, here it is. And it about killed me and all the people who worked with me. It was such a huge undertaking. It literally was the hardest thing I've ever done. It completely exploited my unhealthy lack of boundaries and how freaking intense I am. It showed me truly that I could teach myself absolutely anything if I took the time to learn it. Now, all of this started in June 2021. That's when I really started building everything that we know now as Amstigator. My website, my interview format, my marketing plan, my look, my brand, my standard operating procedures for production and post-production. But in the final two months of that eight-month stint, the lead-up to the launch, that's when it got real. We recorded all 13 episodes in three days, and then we had two months to turn absolutely everything around. I started working 20 hours a day between my work at the TV station, my work on the podcast, and then doing the mom thing. My editors also had full-time jobs too, so they were doing extra work on nights and weekends right along with me. And when all 13 video episodes went live February 15th, 2022, I practically collapsed. One editor quit. And another said to me, hey, we need to set boundaries and you need to pay me more. (laughs) And I was like, oh, God. (laughs) I'd like to say I learned something from that. But the truth is, even while I was going through it, I knew it was absolutely insane. I knew I'd never do a batch release ever again. I also knew it was temporary. But I'm grateful because it did show me my absolute top limits in what my body would do before it finally was just like F you and shut down. Seriously, though, the the stress did become so intense in that lead up that there were a couple of days where I was actually vomiting because I was so overwhelmed. And I've never had that happen to me before, except for in this instance. My husband even said to me, hey, I'm really worried about you. And I was like, look, it's almost over. I just have to make it to February 15th and then it's done. So February 15th is an important date for me. And while it is part celebration, for me, it's kind of more like an armistice. I had been waging a war, a holy war, 
okay? On one side was my future self. It was my calling and my destiny, like, hey, here's where you need to be. And then on the other side, it was my current reality. It was my physical body, which was shutting down. And then February 15th marked the day where it's like both sides came to a truce. The fighting was over, and they're like, okay, okay, it's done. <laughs> it's a date of relief, truly, for me. It's, a, it's also a date of celebration. It's a date that marks a major accomplishment. I had built something. I had launched it. It was done. And can we also acknowledge that I didn't lose my job from doing it either? That was a really big freaking deal that I've talked about in earlier episodes. I even had a coworker at the TV station say to me just a couple weeks ago, yeah, yeah, you took a huge risk and it paid off. And in that moment, I saw the reflection back to me. I saw it through her eyes and I realized, oh my, like that's how everyone around me saw Amstigator. It was a huge risk that only now in hindsight, they all say has paid off. But I've known all along that it, it would. In the two months since I started my creative break, though, Spotify notified me that Amstigator is now in the top 10% most shared globally. That one blew my socks off. I still can't believe that. I also was just named to Nashville's 40 Under 40 by the Nashville Business Journal. They saw the podcast launch, the hospitalizations I had in August, and then my TV news work and honored me for it. And it, it means a lot. I'll just be honest. And then recently, the American Heart Association named me a woman of impact for 2023 because I survived a heart event in 2018, and they asked me to advocate for other women with the same history. If you follow my Lauren Lowry pages, you'll actually see all the work I've been doing in real time around women's hearts. I am incredibly passionate about telling the stories of survivors, and I'm going to be asking for your help a little later on that. But all of that happened while I was resting resting, you guys. I was taking a break and that's what happened. So let this be a lesson to you right now. There was a part of me that was really afraid to take two months off of the podcast. Two months is a long time. What if people stop listening? My initial inclination was to like churn out interview after interview and keep the streams going. I didn't want to lose my spot in the top 10%. I was like really, really concerned about that. But that's when the wise side of me, the soul side that the place that knows, reminded me to follow what I felt deeply was calling to me, and it was to take a creative winter. I took a break, and I got to see beauty. I would never have been able to soak in those moments if I was churning out weekly episodes, truly. In episode 44, the last one I released before this one, I detailed the four reasons why we all need to take a break from our creativity every now and then. My favorite was the number three reason, which is that creativity absolutely dies with drudgery. I could feel some of that coming on for me. I was feeling the stress and the pressure of just turning things out, turning them around and getting them done. And it was interfering with my ability to create from a place of wholeness. I was creating from my head and true creation doesn't come from your head. True creation comes from your heart, from your soul. It comes from embodiment. It doesn't appear from rational thought. It springs from your daydreams when you just surrender yourself and you open up yourself to inspiration. And since Amstigator has always been creative expression for me, it's been a soul-led project. I wanted to keep my process around the podcast sacred, always. So I knew I needed to take a break. 
Now, the beauty in that has been seeing what sprang up in the absence of my legit 15 hours a week working on the podcast. Like, it suddenly went away. I'm like, wow, what am I going to do with this time? Things that had taken a back seat suddenly got top billing for me. I started sleeping more. That's a big one. I started working on more stories at the TV station. I also started spending a lot of time advocating for women who survived hard events. I didn't plan for that at all. It just sort of happened because I was available to step into things in a way that only I could. Now, remember earlier I mentioned the American Heart Association had asked me to share my story of survival. Well, I started working toward that during my creative winter. I planned to do just one story on TV on what I went through back in 2018, and then case closed, I'd be done. But what's actually happened has really been incredible. I mean, every interview I've done around my heart story has led to another story, and then another story, and then another story. And the response has been massive. Women coming out of the woodwork, truly, to share similar heart stories with me, or or to finally take charge of their health, or to tell me, oh my God, I had no idea this was such a big deal. No one ever told me. Well, now they know. And it's because of my stories. I've shared the story briefly in a couple of episodes, like within a paragraph, nothing big. I've never actually shared the whole story of what happened with my heart in 2018. In August of that year, I had just given birth to my second child, Landon. I was like literally at my doctor's appointment and my doctor's like, uh, you're in active labor. (laughs) I can't let you leave the hospital. You're going to have a baby today. And it was my second pregnancy. My husband did not go to every appointment with me, but he just so happened to be at that one with me. And we looked at each other like, WTF, we're about to have a baby? This is early. Today? (laughs) So Landon was early a few weeks, but he was okay and I was okay. He didn't have to go to the NICU. Um, We left the hospital. Everything's totally fine, right? But on this fifth day postpartum, I started to get this headache that wouldn't go away. I was so swollen. So I weighed myself, and I weighed the same amount as I did when I gave birth. So just think about that for a minute. The math doesn't make sense. I should have been at least 12 pounds lighter because of the weight of the baby and the weight of the placenta and all the things, right? Like, no, I weighed the exact same amount. So I was like, what's going on? Over the course of that day, I found it harder and harder to breathe. I had this weird pain in my upper back, and then my heart rate just started to plummet. I think I got down to like 40 beats per minute. That is not my resting heart rate, y'all. I'm at like a 62, 63 resting heart rate. That's what I always am, but not this day. And I started to get really scared because I had this feeling if I closed my eyes, I would never wake up. I went to the hospital around 7 o'clock that night with my five-day-old baby, Landon, and my husband. And they started testing me for all sorts of things because they actually thought it was something different. They thought it was blood clots and that that wasn't anything. Um, And they couldn't really figure out what was going on because every single test, all the normal stuff, showed that I was totally normal. But in my bones, I knew something was wrong. I, I felt like I was dying, you guys. But it wasn't showing up in the tests. And I kept thinking, I know I'm not crazy. Something's there. Please check something else. Just check again. Now, by this point, it's like 11 o'clock at night. And my doctor, who to this day, I will say is the best doctor I've ever had. She came back to me and she's like super respectful. But she says, hey, all your tests are normal. We can't keep you in the hospital unless we have a reason to keep you. What do you want to do? 
I said to her, listen, I know I'm not a doctor. I don't know what other tests that you can even call or order for me. All I can tell you is something is wrong and I feel like I'm dying. And my doctor paused. She kind of just studied my face for a moment. And she said to me, all right, I I don't feel like I've closed the loop on this for you. I I can tell, like I've known you a long time. I can tell that, that something's really wrong here. And then she said, there's only one more test in the whole hospital that I can order for you. I'm going to order that test. But if it comes back normal, I have to send you home. And I was like, okay, all right, one more test. Let's go. So she had ordered a CT scan for me. So I go and I, and I get in the CT machine and I'm just laying there and I'm like, dear God, what is wrong with me? And, and am I being dramatic? Like, what is happening? What is wrong? So while I was waiting for the results, at this point, just before midnight, suddenly, and I mean suddenly, like within moments, my blood pressure shoots up 199 over 120. And let me just tell you, if you don't know blood pressure, that is stroke level blood pressure. Anything that goes above 180 over 120, it puts you in the highest crisis category for blood pressure. Because I practically begged to stay at the hospital, I was still wearing a blood pressure monitor. And when my blood pressure shot up, an alarm went off in the hospital. And within three minutes, I was being given blood pressure medicine to try to bring it back down. About the same time the CT scan results came back, they showed my lungs were almost completely full of fluid. You guys, I was drowning. It's why I couldn't breathe. And I had this pain in my back, that like inexplicable pain. The CT also showed that my heart was severely enlarged. It's called pulmonary edema. My body was so overwhelmed with all the fluid that my heart was working overtime to try to pump blood, and it was failing. So just imagine for a moment, what if one hour earlier when my doctor said, oh, everything's normal, what do you want to do? What if I'd said, okay, I guess it's nothing, and I just went home? I would have reached stroke-level blood pressure at home And with certainty, my ride back to the hospital would have been in an ambulance because I would have had a heart attack or stroke in my bedroom. My doctor told me after that, if that kind of thing went untreated, I would have been dead certainly within 24 hours, probably less. And that realization, like being put on that continuum of life or death, that terrified me. And it is scary. So I am so passionate about advocating for women to listen to their bodies, especially their hearts. In this country, one in eight pregnant women have preeclampsia, which is what I had. It's actually the leading cause of death in pregnant women. And it also causes more than 10,000 stillbirths every year. And it all comes back to a woman's heart. So in my series of stories that I'm doing on television right now and in my Woman of Impact campaign for the Heart Association, I'm making sure that we rebrand preeclampsia. Like that's that's my whole effort right now. Preeclampsia is not a pregnancy disease. It is a heart disease. And you have to be screened now as a way to see if you need escalated care earlier in life to prevent heart disease. Nobody is telling women this. Truly, this has changed just in the last few years since I had preeclampsia. But what about all the women who had preeclampsia 10 years ago, 15 years ago? They didn't hear this message. So that's what I'm taking on right now. And I have had women coming out of the woodwork in these last couple of weeks sharing their stories, telling me they had no idea they were supposed to get screened and monitored right now. So I'm raising money and I want you to donate. I've got a link to my fundraising page in the show notes of this episode I also link it in my bio. You could give $5 
or $5,000. I am grateful for all of it because I am so freaking passionate about women, specifically maternal health. I'm just all in. It's because we need moms. We need them, right? Like your heart is what makes you so beautiful and so strong and we have to take care of it. So I realize now that part of why a break was calling to me was because I needed to make space for these stories to come through. And I didn't even know they were on the way, but here they are. I know without a doubt that I am changing lives. I know I'm bringing healing to women who've had similar traumatic hospitalizations over their health because they're telling me. So let this story be an encouragement for you to listen to the nudges, whether it's a nudge to take a break, to create space for something that you don't even know about, that you can't even imagine yet, but it's calling to you, or if it's a nudge to advocate for yourself in a health crisis. Listening to yourself is the most crucial, most important thing that you can do. And it is cultivated. It's a muscle. You have to exercise it over and over again. And you have to pay attention because it will save you. It saved my life that night. It will save you if you listen. Again, I just pray that you donate to my campaign. The direct link is in the show notes. It's blind. I don't even know what amount of money you give. I only see your name. That's it. That's all I get. So I want to say thank you in advance for whatever you're able to give because it's making a difference and it helps educate more women around their heart. So I just think about that because I took a break. I was able to do something only I could do. And it's this advocacy work based on my personal lived experience, this calling to step away even for a little bit I realize now it gave me space. It gave me altitude. It gave me perspective. And it was also the absolute perfect way to go into the one-year anniversary of Amstigator, which is the date of the release of this episode, February 15th. One year ago, I hadn't healed enough to even be able to share the trauma of that experience from 2018. One year ago, I wasn't bold enough. I know that. I wasn't. I wasn't bold enough to think that I could make a difference. But Amstigator did that for me. It showed me my voice mattered. It showed me that I had answered a calling and I would be carried through it. And to me, that's the highest form of surrender. When you know you're being called to do something that makes zero effing sense, but you do it anyway. That's been the journey of this year, how to surrender and just trust. So when I think about February 15th, my personal armistice day, that day where my soul calling and my body kind of like came to a truce, that day deserves honor. And I hope on every February 15th, I just pause to reflect on my growth away from that intensely overwhelmed woman who was vomiting from stress. And I just show her compassion. And I'll look back and lovingly remind her how much she's healed and how much she's grown. Dedicating an entire episode to anniversary vibes also made me realize that we just don't celebrate enough. We don't mark special times. We don't allow ourselves to just stop and breathe in the moment. I feel gratitude and satisfaction for this podcast and the community that we've built around it. Because if you listen to this podcast, it means you love depth. You love wisdom. You love truth. To me, what started as a podcast about purpose has become so much more than that. It's about liberation from what ties us down and in the process ties us together. 
So I'm going to celebrate the launch because the launch of the podcast one year ago was the beginning of an entirely new world for me. And it all comes from creating this thing that nearly killed me. And that needs to be honored. So I want you to do the same thing. We're doing your favorite meditative mind prompts here. If you're in a place where you can close your eyes, just take a moment and notice your breath. Think about a day or event that represents something really important that you should mark. What made it so memorable? Who were you on that day? How have you changed? What can you do moving forward to mark that day? I encourage you to think differently about the things you've overcome. Some things are obvious celebrations, but other things need to be honored. They deserve a moment of recognition and reflection. They deserve you saying, this was important. Maybe like me, it's an armistice, a day that you just call a truce. Maybe it's an all-out party or a clear your calendar for time at the spa day. (laughs) I just want to make sure that you honor those moments in your life because when you've been faced with the real situation where you, like me, could have died, you start to see how precious it is just to celebrate life. God, I've just cried so much in these last few weeks as I've been working through these heart stories We've all been touched by the disease, you know, me especially. And it would mean everything to me if you could make a donation. Again, uh, the link is in the show notes. Any dollar amount counts. So thank you. We're doing a double dose of Amstigator. Since it's been two months since my last release, I really wanted to give you just more, right? So like I'm releasing back-to-back episodes today and tomorrow. Today was this solo combo with me. Tomorrow it's my conversation with Solstice Jessica Zweig. You guys, I love her, and you're going to feel so empowered by what she has to say. Make sure you're following along on our Amstigator Instagram page for my favorite clips from the show, and that you get weekly emails from me, too. If you don't already, just email me. I'll get you signed up. Lauren at Amstigator.com. For now, I encourage you, shine your light, lead with your heart, and live life purposefully. I'm Lauren Lowry, and this is Amstigator. Amstigator.